1: What Were You Thinking? Welcome to the show about everything you always wanted to know about exotic pets. Where to get them, what to feed them, and how to care for them. You'll even find out why some people live with a monkey. Now, here's your host, exotic pet expert and author, Bob Tart. Hey, Bob, what were you thinking?
0: You're listening to What Were You Thinking? A show about exotic pets. I'm your host, Bob Tart, author of the book's Enslaved by Ducks and Fowl Weather, which you can read about on my website, bobtart.com. Now this week we're welcoming Wade Harrell to What Were You Thinking? Uh, did I pronounce your name right? <laughs> Wade, is it? Yeah. Okay, good. Uh, thanks for joining us. Now, Wade Harrell has been keeping invertebrates as pets for 34 years now, and he first started keeping tarantulas 15 years ago. Wade is the current president of the American Tarantula Society, and, okay, now get this, he keeps more than 100 tarantulas and other arthropods in his basement. So, how how do the other family members feel about those uh, 100 uh, arthropods in the basement?
2: Oh, well, they're they're used to it. Um, I already had, uh, actually, uh, my wife's pretty happy that they're in the basement now. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> and not crawling around the. Hu- Do they escape ever? No,
2: no. But when when she met me, I had a house full of things, and they were in literally every room of the house. I had some kind of weird critter going on there, and then. Uh, but uh, since then, we've moved to a different house with a nice big basement, so all the stuff is nicely contained. And if you were to visit us, and. Didn't go in the basement. You would think we were almost normal people. <laughs>
0: almost, huh? Almost. <laughs> uh, I should mention uh, right away that uh, the American Tarantula Society has a website, and the address is atshq.org. That's
2: right.
0: Yeah. What kind of things are on the website?
2: Well, we have uh, we have uh, a number of different uh, downloadable articles. Um, uh, some dealing with basic tarantula care. Um, and a few, you know, a few other, you know, typically um, uh, topics that uh, tarantula hobbyists typically need to learn about, and a lot of and a lot of the basic questions that people might have uh, about, you know, if they've just gotten a pet tarantula or thinking about getting a pet tarantula that they could learn about.
0: One cool thing I saw on the website was an article called "What to Do If You Find a Tarantula," right. and I always thought of tarantulas as being creatures of the tropics, but it, uh, says on your website that you can find
2: them, is that in Texas? You can find them, actually, in the United States, uh, most of the southern half of the United States, east, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, west of the Mississippi River, um, there are tarantulas all up, um, uh, starting in Arkansas, Louisiana, and then going west through Texas, uh, New Mexico, Arizona, uh, the states bordering them, all the way, you know, uh, up to northern California, um. Wow, I had no idea
0: and uh, the the website said there's more than 50 species just in America.
2: Yeah, there's that many uh, we uh, well, it's thought at the moment. It's a lot the taxonomy is a little confused at the present time, so there's a lot of disagreement among the scientists exactly how many there really are, but uh, but there's there's quite a few. Well,
0: I want to get into what kind of a pet uh, tarantula makes, and uh, that, that's understanding that, you know, there are all these different species, and that certainly <laughs> different species have different pet potentials, but I, I first want to ask you, how did you originally get interested in arthropods?
2: Um, well, probably my first thing I ever, arthropod I ever had as a pet, I was about six years old, and... Um I found a well, on a camping trip. I found a, a Hercules beetle, an Eastern Hercules beetle. The, the beetle is about about three inches long, and the males have these really big horns. and I just thought that was the coolest thing I'd ever seen, and I and I kept it in you know like a shoebox for <laughs> for a couple weeks and. And, uh, and that was just the most fascinating thing to me. And ever since then, I've been interested in all kinds of things. I mean, I also like reptiles and things like that, but primarily big bugs. And, and, um, you know, I had prank mantises as pets. I had oh, yeah. Things like that growing up. And, and then eventually, um, I didn't really get into tarantulas until, uh, until like the early 90s. I got my first tarantula. But since um, then, um, I've I built quite a collection, quite a few of them.
0: Well, now tarantulas really have a, a bad rap as a poisonous and you know deadly, prone to bite. And I think wasn't there a James Bond movie where some villain tried to knock him off by putting a tarantula in his bed?
2: If it's the one I'm thinking, it's one of the earliest. Ones. Yeah, like Dr. No. That's what I was thinking. But in the scene, you can actually see there's a sheet of glass. Laying on like Sean Connery or all the tarantulas actually is
0: that right?
2: You kind of tells that he's not even touching it, which is kind of funny if you know anything about tarantulas because they're really not. Um, they're, there's never been a documented death as a result of a tarantula bite. So maybe he was just squeamish about maybe them. Just squeamish about it, or maybe they didn't know. Maybe the filmmakers didn't. Yeah. So no, it's always been kind of that's kind of a really funny scene. Well, what makes a tarantula a good pet? Well, um, they are. Well, they they have a lot of the qualities that. Uh, it, well, it depends on what you're looking for in a pet. I mean, if you want something that's responsive, that's going to come when you call it, learn its name, do tricks, interaction is probably not a very good pet. But of course, that, that that applies to a cat. <laughs> what you've yeah, just said. True. <laughs> <laughs> but but if you're but if you if but they are an interesting animal. If you're you know if you can just enjoy them for you know the way they look and. And for some of their interesting behaviors, and they're also incredibly easy to keep. Yeah,
0: I was going to ask you that. What what do you have to do?
2: Very little, actually. They're one of the easiest um, uh, pets to keep. I used to. I mentioned before I had some reptiles too, but reptiles are much harder than tarantulas. And reptiles are relatively easy compared to <laughs> most mammals uh, and birds and things. I mean, tarantulas. Hmm. That's how people accumulate big collections because they are so individually so easy to keep. Um, for a tarantula, typical tarantula, for most. For most of the popular tarantulas, anyway, the main things they need is they need a water source, and they need, um, you know, a cage where they're not going to hurt themselves. You know, there needs to be, uh, uh, you know, some of the large tarantulas that live in holes in the ground, Um, if you give them a tall cage, they'll climb up the sides and then fall and hurt, you know, and they can Mm. rupture an abdomen and bleed to death, so you don't want to have anything too tall for them. And uh, you know they just need you know you always have to have water and and then you feed them you know they don't have to be fed often my collection gets fed is lucky if it gets fed twice a month and they're you know very uh, you know and the temperature I mean uh, metabolism is determined determined by temperature so at room temperature they don't really eat all that often you know and they they stay nice and plump on relatively low amount of food. Um,
0: now I noticed on the uh, the website the uh, American Tarantula Society website that uh th- i i know <laughs> i know nothing about spiders and it, it was very interesting that the article there said that male tarantulas do not make good pets is well, is that in general or just
2: uh well they are adult male tarantulas um do have a shorter lifespan and one of the appealing things about tarantulas in general is that they are rather long lived um especially compared considering you know when you compare them to insects that live You know, many of them live out their lifespan in a matter of 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 days or weeks, Um, and and even other spiders that might live, you know, one to three years. A female tarantula can live um, upwards of thirty years, depending on the species. Wow, that's impressive. Long time. Males don't nearly live don't live nearly as long. Um, After they reach maturity, most males die, depending on species, within two months or um, or three years. Some can go on for as long as three years, but usually, you know, somewhere you know I'd say a year to year and a half is about average
0: now do some of the tarantula species have different temperaments you know giving them better pet potential
2: yes uh, there is a there is a wide variety there's everything from some of the north American uh tarantulas uh, that that barely move and are very very calm and Uh, and we're versus some of the Asian and uh, African species that are very fast moving and very quick to bite. Uh, There's a roughly 800 species Mm -hmm. uh, that are named right now. Uh, The taxonomy of some of them is sort of um, messed up, so the the number tends to go up and down a lot, but uh, it's roughly around 800.
0: So what uh, tarantulas would you recommend for somebody, you know, what species who's starting out, maybe in terms of availability or temperament or, you know, just anything that would factor in?
2: Well, one of the one of the actually well uh, well it's very lucky that one of the best pet species is also the most common species that's available, um, which would be the Chilean rose tarantula, or sometimes called the Chilean rose hair tarantula. Um, But it's a very it's sold in most pet stores. It's a it's not always you know the color can range from just kind of a dull brown to uh, to a very nice uh, rich pink or red. But um, it's one of the most common. It's extremely hardy. Um, very easy to care for, uh, and are often very docile, just like with any animal, though. The, the temperament can vary from individual to individual, so you want to be real careful, but they, generally they are pretty calm and slow-moving and very long-lived. My first tarantula was a uh, Chilean rose hair, and uh, then I, I got her, I believe, in 1992, and she is still alive and well.
0: Oh, that's great. My, my, my wife wanted me to ask you if you name your tarantulas.
2: Um, I do not. A lot of hobbyists do. Yeah. Um. A lot. Of, a lot. Of, it's just sort of a personal uh, uh, choice, I guess. Uh, it's it. The trench is never going to learn its name, so. <laughs> that's not easy find it easier to remember. You know which which is which if they have names. Um, I've never I've I never have personally though.
0: Wow. So and you have um other arthropods too. Yeah. And what what types would these be? When we say arthropods, it's uh. Uh, not just spiders, but I mean, uh, crabs are arthropods too, aren't crabs they?
2: Crabs are also arthropods. Uh, uh, anything, scorpions? <laughs> play anything with a jointed um, exoskeleton. Okay. So it's going to be spider, the arachnids, which includes spiders and scorpions um, and a few other groups that are well-known. Uh, insects are the major group of arthropods. There's more of those than all the others combined. Uh, crustaceans, it includes cl- crabs and lobsters. Uh, millipedes and centipedes. And so do you have all of these? Um, I have some representatives of all of those, yeah. <laughs>
0: wow. Uh, what? What uh, is the, maybe the most recent that you've got?
2: Um, I recently uh, got a few mantids. Um am not sure what else to call them praying mantids, mm-hmm. but mantids is just sort of the group name. Like a walking stick. Uh well, uh no, well mantids are predatory. Walking sticks eat plants.
0: Oh, okay. I thought uh, for some reason I thought a walking stick was a kind of a mantid. No.
2: They're, okay. They're, um at, there was one time when they were all grouped together, mantids, grasshoppers, and cockroaches were all in the same group together, but they've since been broken into their own uh own groups. But uh uh mantids are predatory. They um, they eat uh insects and things. Um and uh I've got a few of those right now. Um they are. They're not quite. The, they're not quite. They're not long lived the way tarantulas are. So I doubt that my collection will ever be as big of, the, of mantids as the, as the tarantulas. Because the tarantulas just stick around, but the mantids typically live less than a year total. They grow very fast. They get to adult size. They reproduce, and then sometime after that, they die.
0: Now, have you ever heard of a? I think they call it a fishing spider. Fishing spider. Yeah. Yeah. yeah because. Uh, for some reason, this year in our woods, I, I live in, uh, my wife and I live in West Michigan. I had never seen these spiders before, but uh, we were looking up in uh, to a tree where there was a screech owl, and a uh, screech owl had a, a hole that the baby was poking its head out of. And a couple days later, I looked, and uh, right next to the hole was a, to me, what was a very large spider. I, I think it was probably, the feet would span about three inches. Right. And, um, it turned out to be a fishing spider, or at least that's sort of the regional name. Um, c- can you tell me anything more about that creature?
2: A uh, fishing spiders. there's several, there's four or five different species. The genus is called Dolomedes, and there's a bunch of different ones. The one you saw, was it kind of a bark-colored? Yeah, it was, and there were stripes on the legs. Right. It was, it was probably Tenebrosus, or there's another one um, that's very similar. Uh, and they, uh, yeah, they... Um, they're camouflaged like bark, and typically, most of the fishing spiders usually find close to the water. But some of them, you you know, you find in other places also. But they uh, they're known for, um, especially uh, certain species more than others. But they get their name because they will sit at the water's edge with like you know four of their eight legs you know on the surface of the water, and they wait for a fish or a tadpole or an insect or something to break the surface tension, and they run out across the water and, and grab them.
0: Okay, we do live on the river, so so that probably explains why it was there, but it, it it interested me that I had never seen one before. I've lived here since 1989 and I'm wondering if maybe for some reason something about the climate or you know just the kind of real dry summer we
2: had, you know, favored them for some reason. It could be something like that. Sometimes they um they uh, they're they're very kind of cryptic looking and very camouflaged and very nocturnal and um, so you wouldn't so you don't see them you know you, they're probably all around you just don't see them that often now it does seem like some years there's more than others and I'm not sure what the uh, deciding factor of that is but I've noticed that here too like some years it seems like you can find won't find them all over the riverbanks and then other times I have a hard time finding any.
0: We'll be right back with more of What Were You Thinking? The show about exotic pets right after this exotic message.
1: What Were You Thinking? We'll be right back after Bob gets the ducks out of his living room. Don't go away. Let's talk pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Okay, ducks are in the pond, rabbits in his hutch, and monkeys. Oh, in my car! Oh, okay, well, I go check my insurance policy. We'll turn you back over to Bob. Welcome back to What Were You Thinking?
0: Our guest is Wade Harrell, president of the American Tarantula Society, and right now we're talking about some native spiders, well, actually some spiders that I've seen outdoors around our house. Now, one really gorgeous spider that we seem to get in hot, dry years, and I, I saw a couple of them this year, and again, I just know the sort of uh, generic name, um, uh, Golden Orb Weaver. I think it's an Argiope? Argiope? Yeah. Okay, say that again. Our guy Okay, good. Thanks for that. Yeah, a yellow spider with uh, black oh, and yellow, black and yellow, gorgeous thing.
2: Yeah, that's probably the. Yeah, they they. It's got a lot of common names. They call them the black and uh, uh, sometimes it's called the black and yellow orb weaver, black and yellow garden spider. Um, sometimes they call the writing spider because they have that distinct zigzag pattern in the web.
0: Right. Uh, what, what is the function of the zigzag on the web?
2: Well, there's a lot of debate about it. It's called a stablimentum, and um, some um, scientists have suggested that maybe it's to tighten the web, you know, just like a, a something to make the web more, more, you know, like flatten it out, to tighten it up. Um, some scientists have suggested that it's a visual clue for birds not to fly into the web, so the birds don't wreck the web.
0: I thought I read somewhere that the male, which is so much smaller, that that was his portion of the web. Maybe that was his his rec room or something. Um,
2: Well, I don't know. He might, I don't know if the male especially stays in that area. Okay. There could be something to that, but uh, he doesn't make it. The female makes it. Yeah. But it's also one of the most interesting ideas about it, though, is that uh, the web reflects a lot of ultraviolet. Mm-hmm. and insects can see ultraviolet and uh, it's thought that to an insect sunlight reflecting off the web might make it look like a giant flower and so flying insects will fly to the middle and, you know, of course get trapped and eaten. The-
0: well, getting, ba- getting back to your tarantulas, okay. um, uh, this is sort of an odd question, but w- what do you do with them? Do you... Do you just observe them, or you know, do you interact with them in any way?
2: <laughs> um, well, I I mostly just I keep them and observe them. And when you get a big collection, sometimes you spend most of your time just taking care of them. Yeah. But um, I also do uh, educational programs with them. I I'll take uh, some of them to schools. I just came back from a really big event uh, in Raleigh, North Carolina, at the National at the, at the Natural History it's called the North Carolina Museum of Natural Sciences. And um they have a big event called Bug Fest, and it's a big public, uh, family event. And um I set up an exhibit for those featuring, uh, tarantulas and other spiders, and then they also do a table for them for scorpions and other arachnids. And, uh, and, and, and so I, you know, at that event I probably had, uh, probably had about 15 tarantulas, plus another 20 or so spiders. And then I, and I had, um you know, half a dozen scorpion species and a few other arachnids. So that's a pretty good uh pretty good
0: display. Well if I kept a pet tarantula, what what kind of interesting behavior might I notice by by watching the spider?
2: It it depends on um what species. Uh, the Chilean Rose I mentioned earlier, they they are kind of famous for not doing a whole lot. But, uh, <laughs> that sounds like me. <laughs> yeah, they they kinda of sit around and, and wait to be fed. Um uh, and uh, then there's other species that uh, will, some will will dig holes and burrows and really try to alter the environment. And that varies from species to species. Some can be perfectly content to sit in a cage and, and take whatever you give it. While others want to move dirt. Some are so, you know, if your tarantula starts just pushing all the dirt on one to one side of the cage, and it's obviously trying to tell you it wants to dig a hole. And if you give it a deep enough substrate, it it will it'll dig a hole and make a little home for itself. Um, some of the arboreal tarantulas, the ones that live in trees, they, um they do some interesting behaviors. They will, uh, they will build a, a silken tube for themselves in one corner of the cage, usually incorporating some of the cage, whatever kind of uh, cage decorations might be in there. They might do it, uh, just in a corner or beneath a piece of wood or something, and they make a little tube for themselves, just like they would in a tree. Wow. They, uh, they live up in a tree, you know, or if they were in the wild. And the arboreals tend to be a little more active. Um, they have uh, really broad feet, uh, and they're really good climbers. And, they, and, and they, uh, you know, you'll see them a lot of times, you know, stuck on the side of the glass, just walking around just hanging out on the glass of your, of your cage. Wow. Well, that's very cool.
0: Well, thanks so much for talking to me. Uh, my guest has been Wade Harrell. He's the president of the American Tarantula Society. And you can find out more about tarantulas and the American Tarantula Society by visiting atshq.org. So thanks so much, Wade.
2: All right. Thanks, Bob.
0: Well, speaking of spiders, Wade was telling me a little bit about the fishing spider, and uh, my wife Linda's here, and she's going to talk a little bit about her experience with this rather large and, I should say, frightening spider.
3: Oh, yeah. Well, one day I was in the backyard and uh, we have a release cage in the backyard for birds that we put baby birds in before we release them out into the woods. And I was out there one day during the, was it late spring, early summer, feeding them. And uh, straight ahead of me on the outside of this big release cage that's shaped kind of like a telephone booth, only bigger, I saw this enormous, enormous spider. It wasn't on my side of the fence, it was on the other side, but it was straight across from my field of vision. And it was stretched out, oh my gosh, it was about four inches. Just humongous big spider. And it was eating something, and I was just totally freaked out by seeing it. And I backed my way out of that cage, pan, whatever you want to call it. And I went up and got Bob. By the time I got him, it was gone. Of course, that,
0: I, I didn't really. I figured that you know she hadn't really seen that big of a spider because I'd never seen anything that big. So
3: thought it was exaggerating. I whatever. have to
0: admit, I, I didn't really believe her.
3: Right, and uh, so I thought, well, that's the last time I'll ever see that thing. Well, (laughs) I hoped I'd never see that thing again. Well, uh, next episode with it was um, Bob had seen a screech owl in a tree, a baby screech owl in a big hole in a tree back off of in our woods along the path. And he had me come back there one evening, and we were looking for it. It was the second or third night we'd seen it. And he said, he looked up at the hole, didn't see it. And he said, yeah, I don't know if you want to look up there or not. I did got my binoculars out and I did look up there and lo and behold there is that great big spider right beside the hole. It was almost as the big as the hole.
0: Yeah, no screech owl but a spider and and I think he could have straddled the hole. And this was a hole large enough that the baby screech owl stuck its head out. In fact the mother probably lived in there too and they both came and went out of that hole.
3: Yes. So it was like a good six, seven inches, and he was a good four or over inches. And beside it, he was almost the total height of that hole. That's how big he was.
0: Yeah, he he was was
3: terribly frightening. Believe me, I was just scared out of my wits to look at. I had just kind of horrific feelings for a long time afterwards.
0: Now, you never imagined that there could be two of those monsters in one summer. You thought that probably the spider you had seen was the same one. Yeah, by the release cage was the same one, and it had moved, oh, a couple hundred feet, 300 feet maybe away and climbed up this tree and decided to uh, reside next to the screech owls. that
3: maybe it went in with a whatever maybe it was bothering them whatever
0: but you had another experience with the release cage
3: well uh, and so that was the second episode the third episode was one day we used to cover the release cage at night with sheets so that they could have a little more secluded uh, sleeping time
0: what kind of birds did we have in the release cage at that time
3: I can't remember exactly what kind it was. Do you remember?
0: It was either the robins or a couple woodpeckers. A couple. We, re- we had a-
3: some cedar waxwings at one point too. I don't believe it was them, but I believe it was that group of five robins and some other kind of little bird. Okay. Anyway, there was a few birds in there, and I was. This was past the point when we were using that. Um, outdoor release cage and I was folding the sheets up, getting ready to take them back upstairs. We were done with them for a while and I was carrying things back upstairs and I was putting some sheets in the hall closet. I walked up the stairs and I I just kind of felt something on my shoulder and I reached up and I kind of flicked whatever it was off my shoulder and would you believe it was that spider. I went like this, flicked it and it went flying across into the hall closet and landed on top of this pile of sheets. It, In all its enormity, I was absolutely scared out of my wits, just like I was before. I was practically speechless. And I said, Bob, Bob, come here. It's... It, it's that spider again.
0: Yeah, that thing looks scary enough from a distance through the binoculars. Oh. End, but there it was right right in our right, house.
3: Right in our house. So I
0: got a, a jar and just scooped it up in the jar. And I remember Linda saying, Don't put it in our yard. Put it in the neighbor's woods.
3: Yeah, up in the front part where nobody would be. in that front part of the um, next door there, I thought that would be the best place for it. We didn't want to kill it or anything. I just didn't want to run into it again.
0: So I walked quite a distance and I got rid of the spider. And uh, we figured that was about it. And also... Um, I think at that time, did you call Blandford Nature Center in Grand Rapids? Yes, at
3: this point, we did not know the name of that spider. We had no idea what this thing was. And I called Blandford Nature Center, and she thought she knew what it was because she was interested in spiders, but she looked it up. She said, I think what you've got there is a fishing spider. And she read the description of it, and I said, that is what it is. That is what it is. So So we knew what it was after that.
0: So once again, we figured that was all, but... Uh, we had one more experience, and that was when uh, we have people helping us with uh, work around our house and around our yard that Linda can't do because of her bad back, and I won't do because of terminal laziness. You no, you're not. One of those things was um, we want uh, we wanted another path in our woods. See, we have lots of high weeds and nettles, and so um, we had this real energetic uh, young man named Corey. And in no time at all, he had, uh, using a grass whip, he had cut a path all the way back to the river for us, and then all the way along the river.
3: And on a diagonal angle, going back up to the middle path.
0: That, so we thought it'd be nice to have one more path that connected to the neighbor's driveway so we could kind of walk in a circle, so we showed him where we wanted the path. And uh, one afternoon, he came, and he cut the path.
3: Yes. Yes. And he, uh, in his usual manner, he had it done in no time flat, like half an hour, this great big, huge, long path. that was like half a football field long. He's just an amazing kid. He came back up to the house, and he said, "'Boy, you got some big spiders in that woods.'" And I said, "'What?' I knew what he was talking about immediately. I said, "'What spiders? You mean it wasn't just one?' He said, "'Oh, no, no, I saw three of them.'" I said, "'Oh, no, they're breeding in the woods.'" So then that made me even more afraid of of like being in the woods for fear I might see one, although we have not seen one since that time, but they're in there somewhere. No,
0: I've been looking, and we haven't seen them. We, we did, haven't
3: seen one. Well, I've been looking for them, actually, and I, I can't see them.
0: We did see two of the spiders that I also talked to Wade about that are called uh, golden orb weavers, and we did get two more of those this year out in the front garden.
3: Yes, one in the hostas and one out in my front flower bed where the mums and all different kind of perennials are. Uh, Quite far apart, those two beds are, but they each sported one of these, uh, what I call garden spiders.
0: Right, and uh, we don't really have time to tell the story now, but um, I'd recommend anyone who wants a a good story about a spider to uh, read my book, Fall Weather, and there's a chapter called Golden Orb Weaver. And now you're pretty scared of those spiders, right?
3: Oh, since I was a little girl, when I tried to pick up one by the leg, when I thought it was dead and it suddenly came alive and tried to crawl on me, I just am absolutely horrified of those spiders. And you are
0: not a person who's really afraid of, you're not afraid of mice. In things in general or even other
3: spiders in general. Nope,
0: nope, you're fine with most spiders. There's something
3: about the looks of that spider that just is an instinctive fear.
0: And yet, Linda ended up actually feeding, catching food, and feeding this throwing gold, it into the web, yep, feeding this golden orb weaver that was I uh, didn't
3: think it'd be able to eat because it didn't have any cover so that bugs would see it and go in there and
0: so it's a good story, and that's one of the chapters of uh my book fall weather, and it's how how Linda overcame her fears of the golden orb weaver to be uh, kind of a uh, um, friend. <laughs> A little friend for it. So. I didn't
3: overcome my fears, by the way. I'm still afraid of them.
0: <laughs> okay, but you managed to do it. And we that, wanted that was, to help
3: her anyways. That was
0: amazing. So, Well, that is about it then for this week's episode of What Were You Thinking? And I want to thank Wade Harrell for joining us. And
3: thank te- you, Wade.
0: Telling us about spiders, about tarantulas in particular. And I want to remind people that you can be the next guest on What Were You Thinking?, and we would like you to come on, in fact, and talk about whatever exotic... All your pets. Yeah, whatever exotic pet you have, uh, anything except a dog and cat, because we love dogs and cats, but they're not considered exotic. Those are for other shows. So, Think of
3: your best stories you've got about your pet. Yeah,
0: if you have a good story about a fish, a rabbit, a squirrel, a skunk, any legal pet. Anything unusual. Anything legal. Unusual. Pet, mm-hmm, anything legal uh, just let us know. and We'd love to hear from you. You might be our next guest. So send me an email at bob at... PetLifeRadio.com And in the meantime, please check out my website and it's BobTart.com bobtart .com and you'll see lots of pictures of our animals and some of the birds that we have raised for the Wildlife Rehab Center and we're going to do a story on the Wildlife Rehab Center in the next show. It's an interview with Peg Markle and uh, that's about it.
3: Yep. Thanks for listening.
0: Thank you and thanks to our producers.
3: Bye-bye.
1: Thinking about buying a monkey? How about a ferret or a skunk? Then check out the show that will answer the burning questions, where do you get them, what do you feed them, how do you take care of them, and most of all, what were you thinking? With exotic pet expert and author Bob Tart, every week on demand, from PetLifeRadio.com.